the horror cast and other genres recorded straight out of Norma Bates basement Let's party! in the world's wildest water park the party has never been hotter water certified strippers and the guests have never been hungrier it was a piranha. It was not a piranha. We think they're back. These piranha spent eons in underground lakes and rivers. So fish can become confused and try to enter man-made draven systems. <laughs> is that you? Ow! I didn't. Whatever it is, I don't like it. This summer. Ladies and gentlemen. The most famous lifeguard of all time! Let's all get wet! And wild! There's something in the water! Just when you thought it was safe... People are dying! Do something! ...to put your 3D glasses back on. First of all, I'm not a lifeguard. Never was. Secondly, that is what natural selection's all about. It's double the action. Something's wrong with me. What did you do to me? Double the terror. And double the D's. Bring me my legs. Piranha 3 Double D. And we're recording. Welcome to the Dawn of the Horrorcast. This is your host, Alex. And with me today is Nathan from the I Hope You Suffer podcast. What's going on, Nathan? How you doing? What's up? How are you doing? 
you know, just got done work, you know, <laughs> hopping on yeah. here. We're going to be talking about a stupid movie. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I feel like stupid is putting it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what makes it great. I mean, I, I watched it again last night. I'm like, this is a stupid movie, but it's an enjoyable stupid movie, you know? Yeah, it's it's a stupid movie that knows it's a stupid movie, so yeah. which makes it a little more fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I th- I've been listening to your podcast for maybe a year, a year and a half now. I'm a, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I like a lot of the movies that you guys do, and I and I thought that. Piranha Double D would just be like right up your alley, like considering a lot of the movies you guys talk about. Yeah, like I I appreciate that. Um, yeah, like it's it's weird because like we get a lot of requests where people will be like, "Oh, when are you guys gonna do like Troll Two or something <laughs> along the lines of this?" And like, I think the thing with our podcast that like we try to avoid the ones that are kind of purposefully bad yeah. if that makes sense because they like it, it it feels i don't know i feel like we get we get less out of talking about those than the ones that are like not not bad on purpose <laughs> right right yeah i think when i when i discovered your podcast I'm a big fan of humanoids from the deep, and I was yeah. just looking, I was just looking up podcasts about human humanoids from the deep because <laughs> when, when I, I I'm always searching for like podcasts to talk about movies I like that I've never listened like I, that's how I discover a lot of new podcasts, and uh, I was like, holy shit. Uh, someone's actually talking about humanoids from the deep, and it's uh, a podcast called "I Hope You Suffer." <laughs> is is it is that based on anything? Is that from like a song or something? Or uh, yeah, so it's I'm a big AFI fan, and okay. that's the name of one of their songs. But the idea when Kit and I started it originally was going to be we were going to have guests come on and make them suffer through these movies <laughs> every week, and then it just kind of turned into like, well. Let's just talk about them ourselves most of the time, because Kit and I, when we started it, and then like a year into it, Katie joined full time as a third co-host. Um, but Kit and I were like really big fans of kind of like the Sci-Fi Channel original movies. Yeah. So like we wanted to talk about shit like fucking uh, Shark Man, like Hammerhead Shark Frenzy, Ice, like all the really stupid shark movies, and kind of just went from there and then periodically we'll throw in like if we get something like really egregiously bad we'll be like okay we got to do something we actually like next week right, <laughs> so every right. once in a while we'll do stuff where we did like an episode on like the both Suspiria movies which obviously aren't bad so it like doesn't totally fit the theme but every once in a while we have to like treat ourselves but usually it's shit like Tsunami and uh Trying to think what like the last like really abysmal one we did that like kind of broke our will to live a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what what was that? I'm trying to think. Like it's been I feel like it's been a while. This year, because we hit two hundred episodes this year. So like the ten episodes before it, we decided we would each pick we would do three picks each of movies we actually enjoy leading up to episode two hundred. And then, and uh, so we've we, like this year we've done kind of a lot more 
kind of you know quote unquote good movies. Uh, so it's been like actually a year of relatively good stuff until the last couple weeks we kind of decided we need to get back to just straight up garbage like the the week we're recording this we did a movie called oh zombie that is a uh, osama bin laden coming back as a zombie. oh god and it's <laughs> it's pretty fucking terrible but mostly it's just like boring which so, is kind of somehow worse <laughs> where i mean i i love like sci-fi original type of movies so i love laughing at them, but like some of these like where do you where do you hear about some of these are these like um full moon movies or Dollar uh, Dollar Tree movies, or I will say Tubi is a oh uh, Tubi, a, yeah, a big one. <laughs> uh, Tubi is a godsend. It has just a a massive amount of garbage on there that rules. But I yeah. spend like so like because I work nights and I spend a lot of time when everyone on social media is asleep, just kind of digging around Letterboxd. Yeah, and I I kind of will like stumble across. Uh, lists of movies or just shit people end up watching i'm like oh this looks interesting and i'll just kind of casually add stuff to my watch list and uh you know with letterbox it'll tell you if it's in your watch list when it comes to one of the streaming sites you have so then i'll be like oh shit like death toilet 2 just hit streaming we should probably cover that (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah i think the last i'm looking at like the kind of through uh our episodes on spotify and I'm thinking the last really shitty one we did is we did this movie called Bigfoot versus Megalodon. That's that, awesome. Well, it does. And it's part of a bunch, like a series of movies that all look like they would at least be fun. And really, it's like this guy who made these 3D animations and then just reuses all of them to do these movies. And they're all pretty abysmal. I was really disappointed. Yeah, there was one that I tuned into on Tubi not too long ago. Uh, um, I really wanted to watch the whole thing, but it only lasted like 10 minutes. I'm trying to think of... It was a shark movie. Was it Ouija Shark, maybe? Oh, yeah, Ouija Shark. Is that what it was? What At the very beginning, the girl who was supposed to be a nun like summoned this evil demon shark? We covered that, and I can't remember how it starts, but I know it's something like... Now, I think the beginning is like a, a Ouija board, like, washes ashore or some shit. Oh, and wait. They, maybe, maybe it was... Maybe it had oh, Exorcist in its name. Yeah, that's a possibility, too. I remember Ouija Shark has a scene in the middle, because the shark in it is obviously a ghost shark. Yeah, that, like eat somebody in a pool and it kind of rocks, but that's probably that's the only scene I remember enjoying in that movie. Yeah, they now they I don't think they've done a pool sharks yet. They need I'm, I'm surprised no one's done that yet. Pool sharks movie. I so this week I've been watching a bunch of shark movies and I added all of the ones on Tubi that are on there to my watch list to just kind of go through. And there's there's a lot of uh pretty terrible ones i also stumbled across this page from some director from russia uh who like doesn't have his last name listed so i can't tell you his last name other than his first name is sergey but he's got these like <laughs> one of the ones I, I watched was called return to the forest of dead sharks and it was this 
it was this 50 minute 50 minute like found footage movie where the guy you never see the person's face all you see is like the view from the camera but he's using a stick as a gun and all the sharks are like cartoon drawings that just kind of like float onto the screen and it's really terrible but i was like i kind of love this because it's really really stupid (laughs) holy shit that that's like what someone would do like maybe in like a film class in like high school or like college yeah (laughs) it's uh it's i i respect the ingenuity you know like it's like i i am like as much as like we'll make fun of a lot of kind of shitty movies i always try to like try to at least note things in them when we're talking about them. Like, you know what? Like, even if this movie kind of what, like, I don't think this was good. Like I at least appreciated this or this. And I always appreciate the like ingenuity of someone that's like, I have a camera, $500 and some friends. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to respect them for doing it. You know, it's, it's a lot more respectable. Like, doing shit like that i feel than like when we stumble across you know i don't know if we decided to cover like morbius or some shit that like is a major multi-million dollar studio movie that's just bad yeah 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 i i have trouble i can't even watch those movies honestly like every time there's a marvel movie that comes out i i always pass every time (laughs) i Katie and I are like lifelong comic book readers. So I'm still all in on that shit. Like I'll always watch it, but I also completely understand why people don't like them. I mean, I I do like some comic book stuff. Like I I like the Punisher. Yeah. The Netflix series was great. Um, Deadpool. I like, I I like like the more like adult, you know, comic book stuff. I, 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 those, those Netflix series were so good and I'm hesitant, but sort of excited that like they're coming back. I'm just kind of interested to see what they'll be like on Disney plus as opposed to Netflix. Is that, is that, are they releasing them on Disney plus? Um, Hulu has like half the rights to like, um, the, the Marvel stuff that that Fox owns, right? It's well, because I think Disney owns Hulu now, too. So, oh, okay. I don't know. There's yeah. like some bunch of weird shit, but I know they announced that like Daredevil's coming back. And I think they've sort of hinted at Jessica Jones and Punisher coming back. Okay. So we'll see. Punisher is the one that I'm very kind of like hesitant to see what Netflix or uh, Disney would do as opposed to like Netflix. I mean, Disney could solve that problem by doing like the parental control or whatever. You know? That's that they had. They had to, I guess, set up a new uh, thing when they because they got all of the Netflix shows on there now. Like the rights reverted back to Marvel, so they put all of Daredevil and like Iron Fist, all that shit on there, and had to set up like a mature thing that you have to like go into settings and sign into to like you know make sure. You know, like young kids aren't watching fucking Punisher. <laughs> yeah, see, seeing like some dude getting his head beaten with like <laughs> Just, a barbell or something. I I always think about that. Like, you you did you watch Daredevil on there? The the Netflix Daredevil. I watched some episodes. I I, I didn't get through all of it. 
So in the second season, like where Punisher's introduced, there's a scene where he like purposefully gets himself kidnapped, but he sews a razor blade into his skin to like dig out to like get himself out of like the bindings and shit. Cause like he knows like he's going to get kidnapped or tortured or whatever. I'm like just imagining some eight year old stumbling across that and just <laughs> like watching him having to like pull this razor blade out of his skin and then kill an entire room of people. <laughs> It, it it would be really lame if Disney like edited down those episodes. They they said that those coming back and then like Deadpool moving forward are all still gonna be like hard R, so we'll see, but uh, okay, good, good. So we were we were talking about shitty movies, but have you seen any good movies lately? Uh yeah, let me see. I'll pull up my diary on Letterboxd real quick. I like I said, I've been watching a bunch of shark movies and like those are kind of, uh, you know, an acquired taste on whether you want to say they're good or not. Like I watched uh, a bunch of the sci-fi ones this week, but uh, I kind of was digging into some of the physical media I've bought recently that I haven't got to. So uh, there's a movie called Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. It's like it's the it's uh, alternately titled The Japanese Evil Dead, and it's oh, this like. Really? it's it's so good it's this movie where this guy again one of those ones where this guy was like i don't know i want to make a movie and i have a camera and like some friends and it's literally just like it's literally this guy in a house and like he's just kind of redoes evil dead but it's got a lot of like japanese folklore kind of stuff added to it and it's really good so it's um, a japanese movie yeah it's a movie that this guy started filming in like I don't know, the early 90s, and it didn't get finished and released until 2012. Oh, shit. That's if I remember, I... because he like he was like having to do all of the stop motion effects himself and would have to like do some of it and then like wait until he earned enough money at his job to like go back and start dealing with more of it. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Probably, it, it, probably having a full-time job on top of all that yeah. as well. It just got released on Blu-ray by uh, this new label called Visual Vengeance. It's been putting out a putting out a bunch of uh, shot on video stuff from the '80s and '90s. So that one's really good. And then I think the other one this week that I, I rewatched that's just came out on Blu-ray is this movie called Doctor Lamb. That is a Hong Kong like uh, Category Three movie. Do you know what Category Three is? Can't say that I do. What's that? So in Hong Kong, uh, they instituted this rating system, kind of like the U.S. has in, I think, the late 80s, early 90s. That was like category one is like, you know, essentially G rated here. And then there's like category 2A and 2B, which are like PG, PG PG-13. And then category three is essentially anything goes. And so all of these directors started being like, oh, so we could kind of do whatever we want and just started making either like like softcore erotic films or just like fucked up like serial killer or like horror movies and dr lamb is this like like a lot of them started doing these movies based on real life serial killers but they would come out like two months after like the like the murders were found out about so like none of the details are correct they're like wild wildly exploitive and whatever but they're all really fascinating and dr lamb is one of those where it's like this killings that happened that like they just made this movie and put it out i think before like the guy was even found guilty in the trial 
<laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. But it's like they, they're all like really beautifully shot. And like if you were like people that are like really into kind of like um trying to figure out a phrase, I guess like realistic kind of gore. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. It's like, I don't know. They're they're really good. Like, so Dr. Lamb is one of the ones I think is like a pretty perfect example. There's one called The Untold Story that is really good. Vinegar Syndrome just put out one called Ebola Syndrome. That's one of the most wild movies I've ever seen. Is that new? Ebola it, it's what? it's new to Blu-ray. It's uh it's it came out in the 90s, but I think it was kind of impossible to find outside of like Japanese DVD or VHS or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. And it's it's one of those movies that like I highly recommend, but also isn't for people with uh kind of delicate stomachs, I guess. <laughs> Cause it's yeah. one of those it's one of those movies where almost every fucking like taboo thing you could imagine happens the, in it. The the Japanese uh don't hold back when it comes to those kinds of movies. Yeah, it's uh I mean the, it, I'm here for it, but also some of it, uh, some of it also, I'm kind of like, all right, I've seen this. I don't ever need to watch this again. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I, I like some Japanese horror movies, but honestly, I, I think I like like Korean horror movies a little better, you know? It's yeah. Just... I'm, I'm kind of here for all of it. My viewing habits the last like two years have been a like, like last year I dug really deep into like Italian yeah. horror and like just kind of, you know, giallo or like crime thrillers or whatever. And this year, like when Vinegar Syndrome put out Ebola Syndrome, that was when I kind of, I started digging real deep into like Hong Kong cinema this year. And that's kind of where I've been for most of the year with uh, a lot of my, like I'll, I'll watch a lot of the stuff that's coming out here just to kind of like keep up in conversation about, current pop culture like horror things but yeah. really i've been real deep into like hong kong and like like a lot of korean films too like just kind of seeing shit that came out you know 20 years ago that i just never got around to have you ever seen the sadness that came out a few months ago yeah i watched that when it came to shutter and it was i was i'm kind of torn i need to watch it again because like some of it i was like this is pretty interesting and then some like i think the problem with that is like i all of the the promotion when you promote like your movie is like this is the the most brutal thing you've ever seen and then i always watch it and i'm like i've seen worse like i don't know this was not like i i can't i can't stand the like the most i hate when they do that shit yeah or like, oh, the scariest film six since The Exorcist. It's like, yeah, I hear that like every year, <laughs> and I always like, I'm always disappointed. Where like, I feel like if I would have went into the sadness, just not not having an expectation, I would have been like, okay, this kind of rules. But like, yeah, you immediately set your up set yourself up for failure like that. Like the the scariest movie since The Exorcist. Like. I'm like, all right, Paranormal Activity is not going to be the scariest movie since The Exorcist. Like, I, I can guarantee you that, so. Yeah, no movie is, honestly. Yeah. I, I think I saw on one of your stories that you saw They Slash Them, right? Did you see this that one? Yeah, I watched that when it came to Peacock, but I I, I went through a, a legal means to watch it. <laughs> oh, okay. 
I, I, I won't go on my my rant that I've had on I hope you suffer a handful of times. I'm just I'm not a Blumhouse fan, but like I said, like I like to, I always give them a chance, and then I, you know, just and also to just kind of stay up on like what everyone else is watching and talking about, and I'm just never a fan of the the movies Blumhouse does. It, it's a hit or miss for me. Like so, some things I enjoy. A I lot think, of it, I think, is garbage. Same with A24, honestly. Yeah, see, like, the thing with A24 is, like, I can at least respect a lot of what the directors are going for. Because, like, usually at least the A24 movies are, like, like the cinematography is always, like, good. And, like, they're, like, they're nice to look at. Where, like, Blumhouse is very much, like, a... They're, like, they're putting out, like, major studio-produced movies, right? Yeah. And like, I'm trying. I was trying to think the last one, like, like Happy Death Day. I thought was fine. Um, I liked the 2018 Halloween, although I haven't watched it since it came out. So like, I can't, I can't say it would maybe hold up to a rewatch. But I liked it when I saw it in the theater. But I hated Halloween Kills. Like, I don't know. Go like they slash them was like, like I'll always give like queer horror a chance because i think we need more of it but like not a lot of people do it well yeah i i went into it like with i wasn't expecting like i i wasn't getting my hopes up with it i was like all right i'm just gonna (laughs) i'm just gonna watch this because it's new you know i just saw prey might as well watch another new movie so i'm watching it the first hour i really did like it i was like Kind of, I was like, it kind of has like a get out vibe instead of black people and gay people and, and trans people. And I was like, I kind of like it. It's kind of disturbing. Like, shit is getting more intense. And then, you know, then the killer comes in and you could tell that they didn't know what they wanted to do with the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's there's been this like, this dialogue happening. So, like, we had uh, one of the directors and actors from the movie Death Drop Gorgeous on the podcast. It'll, uh, it'll be out Monday as of when we're recording this. And we were kind of talking about, like, the idea that especially in a lot of, like, queer horror movies that it always comes down to, like, the the queer person having to be like no i can't like kill this person that's been tormenting me i have to be the bigger person and like they never sort of get that like that vengeance that they deserve that you kind of see in a lot of stuff like like specifically i think of something like you're next where in your next aaron like takes out fucking everybody and it's never like a, a second thought about it but like in a lot of kind of queer horror stuff it's always like no, you're just, we're sending you to prison or whatever. And they never get to like exact their revenge. They always have to be the bigger person and like just somebody make that movie where it's like you, you've been tormented. So here's your revenge. And like, I don't know, it's been kind of a bummer seeing a lot of this stuff like they slash them come out where it's just like, no, like let, let queer people have the same type of horror movie that like, you know, women got with your next where they got to see the strong 
you know, female lead kind of take out all of these asshole dudes trying to kill her or whatever. We don't want to watch a horror movie and see the the main character be the bigger person and do the right thing. We want to see them get revenge, you know? Yeah, like, there's, there's times that that story totally works. But, like, I don't know, like... It just seems like that's always the the sort of thing. And, like, I think they slash them was the one that kind of... I saw a lot of, like, queer people I'm friends with kind of going after it for that sort of narrative. And it's kind of a bummer because, like, I love Kevin Bacon. And I liked seeing him in that... Like, he's great in that movie. And, like, a lot of the cast is pretty good. It's just kind of, like... they. It's like the... I can't remember the director's name, but it was just, it kind of did the same thing Blumhouse always does, where they kind of play it safe to the general audience instead of like swinging for that, like that other audience that they could be picking up if they like just went that step further. I thought it kind of had a feel of like a TV movie. Yeah, a little bit. Like it kind of, it's, it's weird to me that like, I think did that did they slash them come to theaters? I can't remember if that played theaters and went straight to Peacock. I, I think it went right to Peacock. Okay, I was gonna say it felt like that felt more like a movie that should have went like straight to Hulu than Prey. Like Prey yeah. should have had like even a small theatrical run. Oh, that didn't have a theatrical release at all. No, I'm pretty sure unless like you know some a couple theaters got it. I'm pretty sure it was just straight Hulu. Yeah, yeah, that movie was, I think it was Hulu's most successful direct-to-Hulu movie. Yeah, I saw them say something about, like, like a a news story about that. Yeah, good good for Hulu, though, but, yeah, that that should have been a theater release, like, just with, like, just, like, the action, and I'm sure it would be amazing, like, sound-wise and on the big screen. Yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if they don't do, like, one of those even if it's like a fathom event things where like they do like two screenings. Cause I think a lot of people would go just to see that on a big screen. Yeah. Yeah. I could see like the theater in my town doing something like that. Like it's a, it's a, it's a very old theater. They play a lot of like independent movies and I play, they, they play a lot of like old horror movies too, but every now and then they'll like, they played Mandy there and I'm pretty sure that was like, a direct to streaming thing or like direct to on demand, but they played Mandy. Man- Mandy had like a very small theatrical run where like, it oh, played, it? Okay. It, it, like I think it did one of those ones where it played like some theaters like New York and Los Angeles. And then like kind of sporadically a little bit throughout the country. Cause I was living in Ohio when that came out and I was desperately trying to find anywhere that was within like an hour drive. And it just didn't, it never hit anywhere near me. Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, other than the theater in in the town I live in, I wasn't even living here at the time. But I, I remember like driving past the theater and seeing Mandy was on the marquee. Oh, that'd be so sick. That's one of the ones I really wish I got to see in a theater. And I'm sure, like at some point, I probably will. That seems like a movie that people will like do screenings of, kind of forever. Yeah, it's a it's a great movie. That's just, for sure. There's not really, like, really everything near me is, like, an AMC or Regal or whatever. So, it's, like, you don't, like, I don't get a lot of that here except, like, I'm in New Jersey and I there was a story a couple weeks ago. I guess Kevin Smith 
bought his childhood theater is going to be like doing movies and like a, a film school there. And I'm kind of hoping that some people will be able to do kind of cool screenings there soon. Do you, do you live by uh, the Kevin Smith's uh, comic book store? Or? Yeah, I'm about like a 35 minute drive from it. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Right, are, are you in South Jersey or North Jersey? Uh, north, like a little north, a little middle Jersey, despite near near saying. New York. Yeah, I'm like I'm like I'm about like a 45 minute drive from New York City. Oh, uh, okay. You know, traffic, depending, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, I live in Pennsylvania. I live in Phoenixville, right at, right outside of Philly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and, I know Phoenixville. And um, yeah, dri- driving to like. New York or like North Jersey is a pain in the ass. I, I've only driven to New York City once and I'll never do it again. It's uh it's not great. <laughs> nah, nah. We we live right next to like a, a train stop that goes into the city. So like we'll usually do that unless it's one of those things that we think we will possibly miss the train back at the end of the night. So I've had That's those nice. scares too. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, like I, 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 luckily I know enough people in the city that I could probably crash somewhere, but I just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it happened to me the one time when I was in Philly. I was at, I saw Power Trip and Cannibal Corpse, and that was in 2017. I took the train from the town I used to live in, and my phone died, and. I was walking to the train station and I kind of got lost and I made the train by like two minutes. That's <laughs> that I, I used to go to Philly a lot when I lived in Ohio somehow, for some reason, when it was eight hours away, I was there all the time. Now that I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, an hour away, I'm like never there, but uh, yeah, like Philly, Philly kind of sucks to navigate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass to drive it. I'll say as much as New York City sucks to drive in, I fucking hate driving in Philly. Yeah, they they both are kind of similar. New York is a little worse, but Philly is still with all the construction they have going on. Yeah, there. that's that's what I was about to say. Is every time I go, and especially like back in the day when you just had to print out like directions from MapQuest or whatever, oh God. and I would like drive to like go to a show, and like and like every road you had to go down in the city was down for construction and you're just fucking like you're like all right well now i'm like eight blocks away how the fuck do i get back to where i was supposed to be but also i can't go down these streets because they're all blocked off for construction yeah it's it's a it's a it's a nightmare i used to drive for uber i don't drive for uber anymore and driving to philly it was always just a headache just being stuck in traffic and potholes on the road (laughs) driving to like a sketchy area, you know. I've had one girl. What she wanted me to stop in Kensington just so uh, she was like, "It's okay, it's just for weed." I'm like, "You're not going to Kensington to buy weed. You're you're gonna be buying heroin." That and I was like, "No, nah, I'm not doing it." Like, so I don't miss any of that shit. So yeah, job sounds terrible. I'm like, yeah, it's it's horrible. Sides. <laughs> so getting into steer steering into piranha. Three double D or double D, if, if you didn't see it in a the theater, you you saw the movie for the first time about a month ago. Is that right? Yeah i I remember watching the 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 first remake when it came out. Uh, I, 
I'm guessing at home. I know I didn't see it in the theater, but like I remember just being like, oh, this was, you know, fun. Pretty stupid, but fun. And this one kind of amps up the stupid aspect to major proportions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Did you did, did you ever watch any of the old ones? The Roger I, Corman one? I know I've seen the Roger Corman one. And then I think trying to think did james cameron do the sequel to that yeah i think that was james cameron's first movie yeah i know i've seen that too and so i think i've seen all of them now if i'm from they they made they made like an almost shot for shot remake in the mid 90s that was on like showtime i think and Uh, it was i don't know if i've seen that one then I saw it once on, like, Amazon Prime. It was basically, like, the same movie, just updated. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think they also did a Humanoids from the Deep that was, like, a shot-for-shot remake for Showtime around the same time that the Piranha remake came out. The first Piranha remake. Humanoids from the Deep seems like a movie that no one should remake. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they did that, and I haven't seen it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested to see it though. Yeah, I feel like I would, I would watch that just to see. For Piranha Two, well, I was a young kid, and I saw the the scene where the piranhas were flying out of the the water to go after <laughs> everyone on the beach when they're chanting "We want fish." <laughs> it, that scared the shit out of me. I was like six years old, and my dad was like, want to watch the movie about the mutant fish? And, yeah, that scared the shit out of me. Go get them! We want fish! 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 I don't think I saw any of them until I was like well into like my teens. So luckily I didn't have that experience. I just had the typical Jaws as a kid experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even for me, Jaws scared the shit out of me until like I got a little older. Like I think I was in first grade when I, I remember like I, I have a, like a weird memory where I remember like small irrelevant things. I think it was like Valentine's Day in first grade. I came home from school and I saw that my mom took Jaws out from the library on tape, and I, and she didn't want to show it to me. But I was like so like curious to watch it, and I just watched the, like the opening, and I was too scared to watch the rest. <laughs> but I. But I still wanted to see it, so I thought it would maybe if uh, they fast-forwarded all the way to the end to watch the shark get killed, so that would be like cheating, uh, cheating, like saying I saw the movie, but I only saw the beginning and the end. So, yeah, the first time I saw it was the opening and when the shark blows up. Right. <laughs> the movie's interesting because when you, like, rewatch it as an adult, you're like, not a lot of people die in this movie. Why was I so terrified? Like, especially compared to like the sequels. 
Unless it's Jaws of Revenge and like two people died, and like one at the beginning and one at the end. I just the I Jaws of Revenge is a perennial favorite, and I hope you suffer. Like it's so bad, but it rules. It's it's extremely stupid. The idea of like, no, this shark's gonna follow you to like the Bahamas or wherever the fuck they go. Yeah, like the the shark <laughs> the shark knew that they had plans to go to the Bahamas. <laughs> That's so stupid. I love it. <laughs> I'm thinking that the shark was just eavesdropping on them, like when he was like, "I got tickets to go to the Bahamas." I'm like, all right, I guess I'll go to the Bahamas then. <laughs> I saw this there, on YouTube from like the '80s. There was like this old stand-up bit from this comedian, the stand-up comedian. I don't even, I don't didn't recognize the name, but he did this whole Jaws of Revenge stand-up bit. My my favorite story about that movie is michael kane uh won like an oscar that he couldn't go to accept because he was filming jaws the Revenge. oh yeah, yeah. When people ask him about it he's like i don't know it bought me a house so yeah that's all he could say about it, is it bought him a house but he yeah. missed out on like getting uh an award because he was filming like one of the worst movies of all time the thing i really like appreciate about that movie that kind of ties in with like piranha double d is how like i really feel like that's the movie that opened the the floodgates really for like the the extremely stupid like underwater bullshit we get now because like up i feel like up until like then it was everything was kind of like serious shark movies yeah and that one while while it is a you know quote-unquote serious shark movie like they they made it like the idea that it'd be serious it's so goofy and stupid that like it, it, it led to shit where like uh bruno matai made like a movie that he called jaws 5 cruel jaws that's just like an unofficial sequel where he just literally stole footage from like three three jaws movies and then i think deep blood in the last shark and made his own shark movie but with all stolen footage of sharks from other movies and shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to see that. I I know that he it's just stolen footage. The whole it, mo- the whole movie basically. <laughs> it rules. It's like it's like you could tell that he probably spent a week shooting every other all the footage like on land, and then just like everything else is just shit. Where you're just like, well, this is blatantly Jaws two. Like I know what this <laughs> is. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's got to be on YouTube to watch. It is, but I think it might actually be on Tubi now. After like Severin put it out, and it uh, it kind of started getting popping up on uh, on the, yeah, it's on Pluto, Tubi, and Vudu for free right now. I feel like like 2022 is like the most I've heard about Cruel Jaws. Yeah, it, it's getting a lot of hype. Severin put it out like 2020, maybe maybe 2019, and then like you know. Maybe last year it finally hit Tubi and people started uh, finally watching it, and it it rules. It's it's really bad, but it's it's maybe my favorite shark movie of all time because it's just it's extremely Italian, and as much as like the the Italians at that in like the seventies, eighties, and kind of early nineties were. All just like, yeah, I don't know, fuck it. This is Terminator 2. We don't have the rights to anything, but we're just going to say it's Terminator 2. And then, like, it's like, well, Terminator 2 Judgment Day just came out. They're like, no, ours is Terminator 2. Come give us money. 
Yeah, yeah. Ter- <laughs> that's the one that like has like alien like creatures in it from like the alien movies too, right? Yeah, that like they never like none of them ever like Lucio Fulci Zombie is supposed to be a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. But it has nothing tying it to it. There's a straight up movie from Italy called Alien 2 that was like supposed to be cashing in on Alien coming out and it's got like absolutely like no tie in whatsoever. Like they were the they were the kings for that. Like if you ever die have you ever seen Demons? Yeah, I'm actually yeah. seeing it on Saturday night. Yeah. So there uh Katie and I on our Patreon have been kind of each month doing there's this fucking entirely perplexing thing where demons and demons two are the only kind of official demons movies. And then there's like nine quote unquote sequels where they were just like, no, this is demons four. It's got nothing to do with it, but this is demons four. And there's like nine of them and it's all baffling. (laughs) It's same with the zombie sequels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember buying that trilogy back in the day on DVD. It was Zombie 3, Zombie 4, and Zombie 5. And zombie, killing Birds. Yeah, Killing Birds. <laughs> Z- zombie 3 is actually Zombie 2, unless you go, you're go, you going off the Dawn of the Dead thing. Right. <laughs> and Zombie 4 is actually Zombie 3. But, like, those zombies were more like demons than, than they were zombies. Right. The demons ones get even more like com- like complex because some of them will be like this is demons four, but it's also Ghost House three, but it's also like there's a series in Italy called La Casa that were supposed to be like Evil Dead sequels, and there's one movie that's like it's a demon sequel, it's a Ghost House sequel, it's a La Casa sequel, and like I'm just like this is this is ludicrous. What is happening? <laughs> Yeah, the the Italian filmmakers are insane. I, I yeah. love Italian <laughs> horror movies. Same. It but, just seems like the absolute wild west in the seventies and eighties there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Piranha too, I th- pretty sure was an Italian produced movie that James Cameron directed. Uh I could I could see that. Like uh well. Maybe. Yeah, like it looks like a cinematographer, editor, composer. They all look like they have like Italian names. I don't know if I knew that. And I saw, I saw a new Italian. Well, it's not new from the '80s, but I never saw it before because Joe Bob Briggs hosted it on the last drive, and I forget what it was called, but like the other name was like the Grim Reaper. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, is, is it Anthropophagus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a Joe D'Amato. I have a, a major love of Joe D'Amato's movies, even though they're almost always terrible. But he just, like, he swings for the fences with a lot of them. Anthropophagus is one of the ones, like, he because he did because he did Zombie 5 Killing Birds 2. Oh, did he? All right. Yeah. But he did these two movies where he, like, went to, like, the Caribbean and filmed these two. He was making straight up hardcore porn movies that were horror movies as well. So one is erotic nights of the living dead and one's just called porno Holocaust. And they're both fucking terrible. And like the least sexy thing anyone has ever made, but I love them. Is that, is that what fused into uh anthropophagus? 
kind of like he he Joe D'Amato had this uh working relationship with George Eastman, who was like the main uh main I guess villain of Anthropophagus. And uh he would like he he ended up writing a lot of the movies Joe D'Amato would make. So they kind of both crossover and like a lot of like you know george eastman shows up in almost a pretty big majority of the stuff joe d'amato did that's funny as shit (laughs) they're just like i don't know like i again just everything italy was doing especially in kind of genre film in like in the 70s and 80s is just so baffling to me because like so much of it doesn't make sense but it's also always incredibly fun to watch. Yeah, and it seems that Italian horror movies sort of just like slipped into darkness. Uh, you don't really hear about Italian horror movies anymore that are new, you know? Yeah, I don't know if they have a real big scene. Like, some stuff is still kind of trickles out there. Like, uh, Ruggiero Diodato, who did like Cannibal Holocaust and stuff, released a movie a couple years ago, but it's like not great. Like, it's, it seems to be like, like Dario Gento has a new movie that came out this year for like his first movie in like a decade. So, like, some of them, it seems like it's a lot more like the legacy directors still kind of doing shit there and not so, not, I, I don't know if I'm really familiar with a lot of like newer Italian directors. The only Italian horror movie I saw was that Netflix movie. It was called like a classic horror story. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. It sounds familiar. I know I didn't watch. I, I, I have Netflix and I never log into it unless I'm like, well, time for like my monthly rewatch if I think you should leave. Yeah. Um, people like that movie, but I didn't enjoy it. Uh, I I can't say there's been a Netflix horror movie in I don't know a long time that I could be like that was fun like I feel like I end up hating all of them so I feel like I probably also would not like that one. Yeah, I mean I like I sort of liked it at first. S- same with like they slash them how I like was liking it and then I just didn't like the direction it went in you know yeah. all that. Just a really bad twist of a movie could make me hate the whole thing, you know? <laughs> right. So. It's like M. Night Shyamalan's movies. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of them. <laughs> like, every M. Night Shyamalan movie I've watched after The Sixth Sense, basically, I just feel stupid after watching it. <laughs> and, and I think that M. Night Shyamalan sometimes could be like a big troll like there's no way that he thinks this is good i think the the popularity of sixth sense became his like biggest enemy where he just felt like he has to have a twist at the end of everything and i'm like like you you know it's coming and you know it's going to be dumb as shit like every movie and like i feel like if he just stopped doing the twist and like made something else it would maybe be good but like he's just kind of dug himself his own hole of what he's expected to do. But I don't know, I guess if he's having fun doing it. S- Signs didn't really have a tw- I don't think they had much of a twist, even though it was like the whole thing, like everything happens for a reason and everything. But 
I just don't understand if uh, the aliens are. There's no way that the aliens didn't know that there was water on the planet, you know? <laughs> when, like, from space, like, most of the planet is water. Yeah. So, like, I like that movie for nostalgic reasons, and it was big growing up where I grew up because it was filmed, like, 10 minutes away from where I grew up. So, it was a big deal in my town. Right. No, I have I have that, but still, still a stupid movie. <laughs> All right, shall we get into Double D? Yeah. Fun facts. Did he do any research? I'm not expecting you to, but did he no. do any research on it? I tried. Like I looked at like I started to look at like some trivia and shit, and like nothing was really that interesting. It was just a lot of stuff that was like, oh, like dude's gun leg was made in a day. <laughs> kind of just shit like that like and it was like just like imdb's trivia especially for stuff like this is always pretty bad yeah yeah i research all my fun facts on imdb and i i only gathered five five facts because they were like the only ones that like seemed interesting to me so what i had was a chihuahua dog was used for the piranha growls <laughs> that checks out and, you know, some chihuahuas are just as vicious as these piranhas. <laughs> Clue Gallagher, rest in peace, who plays Moe, is the father of director John Gulliger. Yeah, I didn't know that until, like, this week. That he that they were, that his, his son directed the movie? I just, like, I don't know why, because it's like, that's not, it's not like that's a common last name. I just, like, never put it together in my head when I was like, I saw the name pop under the movie. I was like, oh, that name seems kind of familiar. And then I, it's just like, I saw that today looking at IMDb and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know why I didn't think of that. Yeah, I didn't know that until like maybe a year or so ago. And I think it was just by like going on IMDb. Right. And, and looking. John Gulliger wrote the two songs Dave Hasselhoff sings in the movie. <laughs> <That's the> <laughs> Isn't that David Hasselhoff's the best part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely was. And this, this, uh, this one is great. I love this one. Dave Hasselhoff was introduced at an Applebee's restaurant in an earlier draft <laughs> of the script. I, I would, I want to see what that was. <laughs> I, I appreciate David Hasselhoff having like a very good sense of humor about his career. Yeah, yeah, same. I, I know that he's a train wreck. Yeah, I know he was. I think he might be okay now, as far as I'm aware. But like, it's just I don't know. It's I I like when you have like an actor like kind of of his like you know age and whatever. That's just like yeah, like I know a lot of the shit I did was goofy, and I have no problem making fun of it because yeah. it doesn't seem like a lot of actors like especially ones that have kind of been working as long as him like are just like no, I'm like. I'm a I'm an actor. None of this was like a joke, and it's like I like that he's just kind of totally fine making fun of himself. Yeah, like what he says was "Welcome to Rock Bottom" when he goes to the water park, <laughs> and he's talking to the little kid, and he's like, "You've never seen Baywatch," and the kid is just like, "No." <laughs> he's like, "What? Well, what? What was the other show he was in in the '80s? I just forget the name. Something uh, uh, Night, Night Rider. Rider. Night Rider. Yeah." I just I like all of the the like every time they do the thing where like the kid is screaming in the pool and he turns around and looks at him and then like 
turns back and he does it like five or six times before he decides to like haphazardly get up and go help. <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> to me. Yeah, he doesn't want to help anybody. It's I don't know, like him and the, like I like I really like when he shows up, and then I like when like Christopher Lloyd, Paul Shear, and Ving Rhames show up. Yeah, like because they're all extremely fun. All of the Ving Rhames shit is pretty funny, especially when he puts on the fake leg gun. I love that. Um, Christopher Lloyd, like I said, like always, always a pleasure to see. He's always good. And it's just like, I don't know, because it's like everyone else in this movie, besides like David Koechner doing his typical David Koechner role of just like the biggest asshole you've ever seen. <laughs> but like, I, I still like his character in this movie. Though. Oh, no, like he's he's always good at that role. Like there's a reason he's that guy in every movie that he's in. It's like all of them are great. And it's just like all of the like, 20 something year olds in the movie or whatever are just like unbearable which i think they're yeah. supposed to be but i like ever like i was just like please just kill off all of these kids yeah the the dialogue like with some of these kids is just so bad yeah i like i i don't know like it's i i i don't know why people have such a hard time writing like believable I don't know, young people in these movies. Which, like, I don't know, like, again, this one, like, I don't think, I think the point is they're supposed to be, they're all supposed to be pretty shitty, except for uh, Daniel Pennebaker, I think is her last name, like, her character, the, like, you know, the main one you follow. Yeah. Um, Maddie, I think, if I remember correctly. I think yeah, Maddie. Like, like, she's the only one you're really supposed to be like, oh, well, I guess, like, the dude that's in love with her, too, but, like, everyone else is just the biggest piece of shit. Yeah. Like the, um, the cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I get it. Like they're supposed to be, and it's like, it's fine, but it's also like, there's, there's this tough balance that a lot of movies kind of like this don't find where it's like, they become unbelievable in how shitty of a person they are. Like, especially the cop, like the cop character is like, so it's it's like when they do like bullies in horror movies now where you're just like this like or like if you like like uh the one i always think about is like christine when you watch like john carpenter's christine yeah and the bullies when they're like bullying those kids in that like in the the shop class or whatever i'm like this motherfucker pulled a knife on this kid in class like like i, I don't i don't know if this is like a thing that like i don't know it just it makes them like so unbelievably sadistic that you're just kind of like all right this kind of like bordered over overboard instead of just like punching the kid in the stomach he's straight up about to murder this kid in school and the one the one <laughs> dude like grabs his balls and squeezes his balls <laughs> right <laughs> like i don't know there's things like that where i'm just kind of like oh this takes me out a little bit but like in this one not so much because it's like he's supposed to be like overboard as a dick but it also is kind of crosses the territory where like this dude was straight up like I, I I get it like he I, I don't I, I don't know like him just flat out being like I don't know I'm not saving any of these people getting eaten by piranhas including like the girl he supposedly supposed like was in love with I'm like this seems yeah. a little much yeah that and it, what I like about that was uh, I at first I thought <laughs> that he was gonna let her die because like she knew his secret or whatever or 
or he told her that he was helping uh, David Keckner like pump out the the water from right. the well. And I thought he was going to let her die because of that, but I guess he was just afraid of getting eaten by the piranhas or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, same. I, I can't blame him on that aspect, but yeah, like that, they, they did, they just portray him like everything leading up to that. I'm like, he's such a dick that, like, I just like at least have, like, at least, I don't know, cut it back a little bit. <laughs> Actually, I actually liked liked how they made him a dick. It was pretty funny to me yeah. when he knew it was safe and he jumped in the pool and he's like, "I'm gonna save you." He's like, <laughs> he like he's grabs a body that's like carry the skeleton, <laughs> yeah, completely stripped to the bone. So that's the one thing I wish they would. They should have taken it one step further, where he gets gets like back out to like. The, you know, out of the water and just like have it start, have him start trying to do like CPR on the skeleton or some <laughs> shit. Like <laughs> that, that would have been great. That was the thing at this one is where like I think the last thirty minutes or so are extremely fun, but it takes so long to kind of get to that. Yeah, that, that I kind of I just I, I I wanted it to be. I think I wanted more of that where like. There's a couple like deaths leading up to it, but some like the last 30 minutes are so like out of control that like leading up to it, I was kind of bored through some of it. It was a short movie, but that middle, the middle of the movie was just dragged. Yeah. Even, even like the, that, that sex scene with uh, (laughs) the piranha that comes out and bites the dude's dick off. It's, incredible that was the scene like when i first started watching it i was kind of like i was like all right like something something's gotta happen because like i don't know like the scene where like the van sinks into the water is like whatever it's not great but the that scene like (laughs) the way they play it is perfect too where they're just like they make you think that she's like pregnant by someone else yeah she's just like throwing up yeah and she's just like (laughs) like she lays down she's like Let's do it. I need you to come in me. And you're just like, this, what's happening? And it was like, I never in a million years was going to think that a piranha swam in her and stayed there until she started fucking this dude. And then it just latched onto his dick when he, like, and like <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, even talking about it, I'm just like, I can't believe that was a real scene in a movie. Yeah, they, they really uh, <laughs> tried to do the whole body horror thing in this one. I... <laughs> don't understand the mechanics of how a piranha that size gets into her vagina and just stays there and it's just like also (laughs) it looked like it went all the way up in her stomach too so i I don't understand how how, because this is like it was like at least at minimum a full day later yeah, and it's a it's a man eating piranha, and it didn't like eat eat her from the inside or anything. It's you know? just playing of a long game, and she's, he's just like, I know she's gonna fuck this dude at some point. Yeah, eat that dude's dick. And that that wasn't like the only thing with like piranhas being in inside bodies, because at the very beginning with Gary Busey and Clue Gulliger. The, the, didn't they like lay eggs in like a dead cow or something? I fucking forgot Gary Busey was in this. <laughs> yes, for all of like three minutes. 
uh, he was great in it. Well, he's always good. He's you throw Gary Busey in a movie for like five minutes, and that movie's immediately a full star hire. Yeah, um, Gulliger too. Yeah, I don't think I realized that's like I, I that's who that was until just now. Um, yeah, fucking. That's, I forgot that scene even happened. I don't know why. Like in my, I just completely erased that whole like pre-opening <laughs> credit scene in my mind. Yeah, with the with the cow farting, yeah. the, dead, <laughs> the dead cow farting. It's just full of piranhas. <laughs> I didn't understand it at all. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like they really did up. They really did up the comedy a lot since the 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 first one. Yeah, I like I I haven't seen that that the remake or whatever since like whenever since it like originally came out and i feel like in my memory it was like a lot of the comedy was more of like how absurd everything happening was where it wasn't like really it wasn't like specifically like a horror comedy like this one is but like a lot of the humor was just kind of like how absurd people getting like their entire lo- like legs eaten off and shit like that like i'm sure there was like some jokes in it because like you know I- i'm assuming the paul Shear and ving rames kind of shit and that was supposed to be funny but i feel like that one was at least slightly more serious in my memory than this one is this one was just mostly like a straight-up comedy yeah until the last the- like 20 minutes or so the 3d the the, the remake it was it was just more of like a horny like movie for yeah. like so uh, teenagers could like look at like Gianna Michaels boobs. Yeah, it was following the Roger Corman formula of yeah, just yeah, making for sure. the the original one barely had boobs except for when the one girl like flashed her boobs for like one second, but that was it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the second one had some boobs, but I'm not really. Don't, I'm not familiar with the second one that much, but this one and uh, Piranha 3D were just like boobs galore, like the whole entire movie. Yeah, the the beginning of this movie when you get to the water park is just like so. Yeah, because we haven't said so. The idea in this one is like the water park is like partially adult themed water park where there's like a part that's like partitioned off from the regular side that's just like essentially nudist it's like swimming pool yeah. and where there's a camera on this like the ladder to climb out and shit it's so a absurd <laughs> and it just like it 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 just like is so believable that david keckner would be the one to come up with that <laughs> yeah and uh when he's talking to that russian girl that was in the pool and he like says to uh, maddie he's like russian she's a doctor he's so good at these characters like just this fucking dickhead character it's so good he plays it well for sure yeah like i i I don't like i can't even think of anything i've seen him in where he like doesn't play this type of character yeah it's like he's always good it's like i i guess maybe like anchorman he's not really a dick but he's still just in that like stupid like bravado kind of dude and it's just he's so good at it i feel like he always like plays a similar character in every movie like sometimes he's more of a dick than he is other times yeah but 
he he's basically the same character every movie. <laughs> yeah, he's essentially just playing his fucking the dude from the office, like in everything. It's just at oh, different God. levels. <laughs> Penny Packer, right? Was that his name? No, I haven't watched The Office in so long, and I can't remember. Todd Packer. Oh yeah, Todd Packer. Yeah, yeah, he was great on that. But yeah, picking a shit on the office floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so good. And in uh, this movie, when he the cop pulls him over, and he says, "Don't you got somewhere better to be, like boning my stepdaughter?" <laughs> it's all of his lines are so insane, like. And, like, I really, especially when you, like, when you get to the credits and it shows kind of, like, you know, uh, bloopers and shit. Like, I feel like they hired him and they were just like, just improvise. Say whatever you're going to say. Yeah. there's There there must have been a lot of improv in this. Yeah. Even I, like spe- the- I feel Sorry, like especially, especially him and then probably, like, Paul Shear stuff. I feel like they probably both improvised, like, a lot of their stuff. Yeah, Paul Shear. I've seen him in the other stuff before, but he's mainly a comedian, right? Yeah, he's like he he. I don't know if he was like a stand-up comedian per se, but I think he did like a lot of improv because, uh, I, I I know he pops up in a lot of shit, like a lot there. I know him specifically, like obviously from like How Did This Get Made. I listened to, um, but there was this show that hit. That was on Hulu for a while, like five, six years ago. That was called Burning Love. That was a spoof of like reality dating shows. So it was like spoofs of like Rock of Love and kind of all of that old VH1 shit and like The Bachelor now. And like it had like all of those people, like Paul Shear. Um, oh man, I can't think of the guy's name off. Like, I don't know. Just a lot of like the kind of like improv comedians. And you could tell, like, so much of that show was just, like, they're, like, here's, like, the general outline of what the scene needs to be. And they would just let them go. And it was okay. so funny. Like, yeah. every single person in that show was, like, hilarious. And, like, you could tell they were having, like, the time of their lives making it. And I think it kind of, like, disappeared from streaming. I haven't seen it hit anything in a while. That makes sense if he's, like, an improv comedian actor. Because he was, I'm pretty sure he was in a... Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Yeah, like, a lot of, like, the... I feel like the same kind of, like, Los Angeles, like, improv crew that he is, like, friends with all pop up in Curb Your Enthusiasm at some point. What did you think about Big Dave? The guy that would have sex with uh, the pool jets? Oh, yeah. The (laughs) The guy that, like, blows up the whole place at the end? Yeah. (laughs) Uh... He's fine. I feel like the one scene specifically is when he gets out and there's just like a piranha jammed in his ass that like oh, the God. one dude has to like pull out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, that seems pretty terrible. <laughs> I, I just love how calm he is about it too. I know. And he's just like, he's like, oh, okay, thanks. I'm going to go, uh, I guess, blow up the entire place now with like chlorine and a joint. Yeah. <laughs> he's sm- smoking, a, smoking a joint before he blows up the place. <laughs> It's great. Or I, like, don't, I don't know if I realized he even had a name. Yeah. He said the, 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 he kept fucking the jet in the pool. I was like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm not sure if they called him. I, I know that that's what they call him on IMDb. Was yeah. Big Dave. I'm sure and somebody he, at some point calls him that. Cause like, whenever he gets introduced and he's just like, 
I feel like because uh, he gets introduced to fucking the jet of the pool at the beginning, and I'm sure someone was like, "Dave, what the fuck are you doing?" or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's probably the only time they said his name. Maybe he said, "Big Dave, what are you doing?" or just "Dave, yeah. what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, this feels good." <laughs> he he's good. Like, yeah, I feel, I feel like like I don't know. Nobody's necessarily bad in it. It's just like I have this thing with movies where like. If, if every character is kind of just shitty, like, I don't root for any of them. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, a thing that happens, I think, in, like, a lot of slashers, especially, like, you know, post-2000 slashers, where I'm just like, I don't care about any of these characters, so I kind of don't care if any of them live. And that's kind of how I felt in this movie, except for, like, I mean, Maddie's fine, but I also, like, don't care. She just kind of seems boring. Yeah, yeah, she she was definitely boring. I mean, she was like she was likable, but I think I think she was she was likable for me because like I know her from like the Flash TV show, and yeah. so like I had like pre like this whole preconceived thing in my head of like oh I I already know her, but like and it's I think it's because everyone else in this movie is so over the top like ridiculous character that like. It just made her seem like so much more like bland. She was also in the Friday the Thirteenth remake. Oh, that's right. I haven't seen that. I don't think I saw that. I I bought that Blu-ray box set, and I think I made it to. Uh, maybe goes to or Jason takes Manhattan, and then I was like, I just like haven't watched the rest of them yet. So I haven't watched the remake in probably since it came out. I should watch that again how's the quality on those blu-rays i, I want to buy them but i just can't afford it honestly I mean, they're pretty good my partner and i because like my partner likes horror movies but also kind of gets extremely scared by certain ones and friday the 13th is one of the ones that like they have like a, a love for because you know they're dumb and pretty goofy at a certain point and like not scary, so we kind of split the price on it, and they're pretty good. I mean, like it's you can only do so much with like a, a movie from like the movies from the eighties on like picture quality. Yeah, I guess why I always find it really weird when they're just like we're updating this like sixteen millimeter movie to like four K, and I'm like it's still gonna look like shit. What are you doing? Like some 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 of those <laughs> too with it being like too high definition. You could like some shit looks like more fake, yeah, than yeah. It did like you know? uh that that was one of the things which like it doesn't take me out because like like uh part three, all of the three D shit, especially stuff with like when he shoot when uh Jason shoots the uh harpoon gun or whatever at the dude, yeah, like it's so clear that you're like okay now I can see that wire like extremely clear but it also kind of like makes that a little bit more endearing yeah so i mean like they 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 look good i think it's worth the money like the bonus features kind of alone and like having it all in like one set kind of made it worth it for me um yeah i I want it so bad i haven't got to it yet but there's like a i don't know like a disc that's like four hour fucking documentary about all the movies that i'm like really interested to watch so I don't know why, like, I got it, and I was like, I'm gonna burn through all of these, and I got to, like, a point, and then I think, like, 
for whatever reason, I went to like watch something else and I just never jumped back in at like it takes Manhattan forward. Well, it's yours, so you could watch it anytime. Yeah. I need to get to I want to see what Jason X looks like on like the, the Blu-ray. Blu-ray. I fucking love Jason X. It's a love hate relationship. It's <laughs> it's it's my favorite because like if you put anything in space, I am on board because it's the dumbest idea. And they're yeah. always extremely they're always like not good, but I'm always here for it. If like there's a movie coming out sometime sooner, maybe it might have already come out that they're doing Amityville in space. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, <laughs> I think they did just uh, put that one out, but I'm not I, sure. I know it's going to be terrible because it's also like I think Mark Polonia directed it. And all of his movies are really fucking bad, but I I want to see it because like. It's such a good, stupid idea that I need to see what it's all about. Yeah, me and my one friend I've had on the show, Jim, we've been talking for a while that he wants to really do like a series of space horror movies. I'm like, Jason X, we got to do Jason X. Yeah, Leprechaun in Space. Yeah. All, like, uh, Hellraiser I'm, 4. Oh, man. I have, those Hellraiser movies after 3 are so bad. I love it. I, I like Bloodline. Yeah, I like like the space one's pretty fine, and I like I like it's terrible, but I think it's Dead World, the one where it's like a video game. Is I haven't seen anything after oh, four. Oh my god, they're so bad. <laughs> I was I was tempted to buy the DVD of three to like ten a couple of days ago. It's. Some of them are worth watching just to say you saw them, but the ones after Doug Bradley leaves are unbearably bad. Like, yeah, actually, I did see what was it, Re- uh, Hellraiser Revelation? I think it was. Yeah, I think that's one of them. Yeah, the, it came out in like the early two thousand tens. Like, I think that- one one of them, like I watched on Hulu, and I can't like all of the titles kind of like jumble in my head because they're all just. Hell, like Hellraiser Inferno, Hellraiser Judgment, or fucking like whatever. They're all stupid titles, but yeah. The one of the ones without Doug Bradley is like this dude who like this like kid who like takes a family hostage or some shit, and it's so bad. Yeah, I think that's the one I saw. Was that when uh he went to Mexico and got the puzzle box or something? Yeah, it's something like that. I remember watching it on like Hulu or something. It was just like half paying attention because I was just like this is fucking terrible but I've watched the rest so I guess I might as well watch this one and the one that came out like three four years ago that I started watching that one and that one was just like I I forget what happened it was like some guy like eating paper or something and it, it grossed <laughs> me out and I was like gagging I was like, I, I turned it off they just like they they just start doing this thing where like like the Cenobites become less and less important to the story. And it's like that. I'm not here to watch other fucking people do shit. I want to see like Cenobites fucking people up. I don't want to see some random fucking one of them is like a weird, like almost like noir detective story that just for some reason, Cenobites show up in it. Uh, I think fucking... that was Inferno. I, yeah, I'm it's such sure. a weird franchise. Yeah, I didn't finish that, but I remember the whole detective storyline. That one specifically, if I remember correctly, is like like barely dealing with like Cenobites at all. Yeah. 
It would yeah, be like doing like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie and being like, Freddy Krueger has two minutes of screen time in this. And you're just like, what's the point then? Right. I don't Go remember ahead. how we got on that for fucking yeah, Piranha. <laughs> I forget. I, th- I think because uh, Maddie was in Friday the 13th. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's she's fine. I don't know. Did, he, did, did you think that the two guys in the movie looked exactly the same? Which two? Uh, the one that liked Maddie, and then there was the, the 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 kid that was trying to get in the blonde girl's pants before. Uh, he yeah, did a little him. bit. I thought they looked exactly the same and got them confused like every single time. That the the guy that uh, is like in love with Maddie, like the like sort of Matt Bush, the like unrequited love or whatever. Like perpetually in these movies, looks like he's like thirteen to me for some reason. Even though I know he's like probably in his mid twenties in this, I'm just like this dude looks so young to me for some reason. Yeah, I, I, I thought that I, I actually did think that storyline was pretty funny. How he was like in love with her and he was too afraid to like. Well, make I, any I, moves. I really appreciate that. Like they build the whole thing of that he can't swim and that she gets stuck on like the suction thing, and he goes and like. Like, they're doing, like, the big hero moment where he goes to jump in the water to save her and then immediately starts drowning and has to, like, get <laughs> his way out. Yeah, and he climbs back up out of the pool. He's like, oh, this was a bad idea. I, I appreciated that. That was fun. I forget why she was in the pool to begin with. Uh, I can't remember if she was just trying to save people or to, like... Does something like end up in the water that she has to go get? I forget. I feel I because I, I, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it last night, so it was from like you know a week ago or whatever it was. And like I feel like something was in the water that she had to like swim down to get and gets like stuck in like the, the water getting like sucked out through that vent or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I've seen it like four times in the last month, and I forget every time why she went in the pool. Yeah, that uh, happens to be in almost every movie we cover on Ivy Suffer. We're all watching the night before, and the next day, I'm like, "What happened in this?" Yeah, I also loved how when he like confesses to her right before she jumps in the pool, he's like, "I've always loved you. I've loved you since the fourth grade," and she was just like, "I thought you were gay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like a pre. I feel like I knew that line was coming, and then even when it happened, I was like, "All right, kudos, you got me." It's just I, funny because that—that's this Piranha Double D probably came out like a couple of years before, like you know, movies don't make jokes like that anymore, you know. So it's like it's like kind of awkward, but still kind of funny, you know. I still think my favorite line in the entire movie is a uh, Katrina Brown's character just kind of casually walking up to. Her friends are just going, Josh cut off his penis because something came out of my vagina. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like shit like that. Like, there's no way it's not intended to be a comedy. Oh, yeah, this is absolutely. I think this is more of a comedy than like horror. Because like really, all like, like we kind of said earlier, like the last 30 minutes are the only time anything horrifying happens. And it's all so like over the top and like ridiculous that it's like not it's not scary at all. It's just like extremely stupid. Like David Koechner's death 
is incredible. <laughs> he's Which like, part? So, like, uh, when he's uh, all all the, the like the havoc starts happening where the piranhas are just like eating everybody in the pool, and he starts freaking out, and like it almost like for a second you think he's like going to get help, but instead he goes to get his box full of money. <laughs> And starts slowly driving away. And, like, people are, like, trying to, like, get him to stop the little fucking, like, cart he's driving for help. And he's, like, pushing them out of the way. And then just drives to where, like, I don't even know how this would be fucking possible. But it was just, like, like almost, like, caution tape. Like, police yeah, caution it was like, tape. It was, like, uh, there was, like, flag ribbon things. Yeah drives through it and it cuts his head off like but it does it it does that thing where like he drives through it and it takes a solid like five seconds for like the incision to show like, up like, his head it, falls like off. the killer yeah it's it's so good i th- i think the reason why he drove through that was because he wasn't paying attention because he was staring at some woman's tits Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it had the slow motion of the girl of the girl running, and she uh, has like huge fake boobs, and he's 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 staring at her, and then he looks straight ahead again, and that's when he gets decapitated. I'm always on board for those like really stupid like a decapitation or some shit like that, where it always takes the character like a couple seconds to like notice that something happened. <laughs> Yeah, it's a classic. That that and I like that one. And then the the kid at the very end before the credits, where the piranha just jumps up and somehow takes his entire head off. Yeah, and then uh, David Hasselhoff says again, "I warned you, dumb little ginger moron, or something." <laughs> He's so good in this. Like all of his line delivery is pretty perfect. And, and when the little kid gets decapitated too. I don't know if you noticed, but everyone looks so just, like, unfazed about it. Like, people are, like, <laughs> laughing and, like, video. And, like, during the credits, you can see, like, people, like, gathering around. Some people are laughing as they're videoing the head and everything. Yeah, I, when I was watching that, I was trying to think. I was like, is this the one of the first instances of, like, doing the everyone has a cell phone, so now they're just videotaping, like, some completely upsetting thing happening instead of helping? It seems that way. Because 2012 seems, like I guess in my memory, like early for that kind of thing. But I feel, I guess, I don't know. It's, like I was trying to think in my mind when I watched it. I was like, can I think of like another reference before this? And I, I, I couldn't. Like I feel like everything I would think of was just be like there something. There were smartphones, like iPhones in 2012. I, I know that I didn't get my first iPhone or, or smartphone until 2014. Yeah, I was because then I was like trying to think, and it wasn't one of those things that I was like willing to fucking actually research to figure it out. But I was like, when did like this this real like the trend of like people filming everything for like YouTube or I guess now like TikTok or Instagram or whatever, like where it became like a real kind of problem where people are just someone's having a heart attack and someone's like, I'm throwing this shit on YouTube. <laughs> I'm going to go with the early 2010s. Yeah, it feels like it has to be. Like, this has to be pretty early on, I think, into this, that whole thing. There was also that Black Mirror episode where the girl was, uh, do you watch Black Mirror? I have not. I know, like, what some of the episodes are just from kind of 
pop culture osmosis, but yeah. I've not seen any of it. There was one episode where a girl is getting chased by a guy trying to kill her, and she's screaming for help, and everyone's just videoing it on their phones. And yeah. I feel like that must have been like 2014. So, also, yeah, the whole 2010s decade for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like this one has to be pretty kind of early onto that trend where now, like, every movie, if they leave cell phones as, like, a plot device, I feel like that happens in it now. Yeah, everything. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Netflix one. Oh, my God. Just... <laughs> <laughs> the movie made me so mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watched it a couple of times, and the more I watch, I'm like, uh, now I'm probably at the point. At the point now, I'm not gonna watch it ever again. I don't think that's one of those ones that, like I said earlier, where like if you don't have any likable characters, like I'm not gonna care about anything happening in your movie. And that was one of them. But I feel like almost every Texas Chainsaw Massacre past like two is kind of like that, where I'm like every character this sucks. Even the even the remakes, uh, I like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning. Because it's brutal. I but. that's the thing is like I can appreciate like the kills and like almost all of them. Like, like that fucking Leatherface movie is pretty much abysmal all the way through. Oh, but like God, I hated um, that. Like I think yeah, the beginning is probably like the last one I would say I could enjoy at all. Like Texas Chainsaw 3D sucks. Leatherface is terrible. I hated the 2022 one. Yeah, those movies, I I did enjoy the kills, but the plot was terrible for 3D and the new one. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. I I just, I remember watching, because I was like, I'll always, like, show up to watch whatever, like, one of these movies, because I'm like, oh, I've seen the rest of them. I might as well see this one, too. And I I watched that one, like, the new one, and it was just kind of like, I, this... This seems so unnecessary. Like the the problem with these movies are they they try to be serious when they should just be goofy, you know? Like like the movie we're talking about today, like they they know that they were being goofy and it was still violent. So you you, you know, you enjoy some gore and you have some good laughs, you know? Yeah, I think you could like very easily like run that like Toby Hooper did it with Texas Chainsaw 2, where it's like... Yes, he did. It's a comedy, but it's also pretty fucking great as a horror movie. And, like, I wish that franchise specifically kind of followed that formula a little more than, like, they they kind of did after the remake. Yeah. Toby Hooper was the only one that could get it right, pretty much. I will totally back Texas Chainsaw 3 and Next Generation for just being like very stupid but fun. Hated but like, oh, I, I I hated Next Generation, but Leatherface is not bad. I I, I enjoy Leatherface. The the uh, 1991. Yeah, like Texas 3 or whatever. Yeah. Like I I like Next Generation because literally every aspect of it makes no sense. And yeah, like, they're, like, weren't they like eating pizza or something? At the it's just table? weird shit. Like, I don't know. That like the fact that Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger are in that movie is so weird to me. And then like <laughs> Leatherface is like 
like a cross dresser in it, I guess. Like it's, I don't know. It's, it's so weird. And it's one of those movies where I'm like, I don't know. I appreciate you doing something that like, I was not expecting with this. Yeah. Yeah. I only saw it once, but I feel like the whole cross dressing thing was they were trying to like do the Buffalo bill thing or something. Maybe. Yeah. I could, de- I, I definitely see that. It's just, it's one of those ones where I'm like, this isn't good, but I, I still enjoy it. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll give it a rewatch. It's it's also I I will say wildly annoying because it's like Renee Zellweger is screaming the entire fucking movie. Yeah, she she wants to block that movie out of her mind. From what I understand, <laughs> I can't blame her. I think that was her first movie, so like I get it. Yeah. It's 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 not good. It's real annoying, but it's one of those ones that I have that like real sort of like love hate with. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it in like twenty years, so it's uh, I, I say you probably don't need to rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to Piranha Three Double D, I think that this movie could have passed as like a sci-fi original. It, it kind of feels like it very much feels like a precursor to like when they started getting to like Sharknado and all that shit yeah yeah for sure like like we were talking about earlier i was like i'm surprised i haven't made a pool shark movie but this one was pretty close to it who yeah, like it, it it um if you look at like sci-fi's like original movie output like uh, you i guess the term serious is a little debatable but they were making like what felt like serious kind of movies like that you know like obviously they're like goofy and the the idea that like oh this is a movie about like a shark person or whatever but uh once i feel like around the time this happened had to have been around the time like maybe sharknado was happening and that's when they started doing like lava lantula and like all that shit where they're just like what's an absurd yeah thing we can mix together with a creature yeah, Sharknado came out a year after this. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because I remember 2014 Sharknado 2 came out. Yeah, Sharknado was 2013, and this and Piranha Double D was 2012. So, like, that timeline totally makes sense. And I could see them being, like, totally, like, uh, you know, inspired by this movie or whatever. Sci-fi original movies, like, in the 2000s and 90s, they they were mostly stupid, but they were still trying to be like a little serious. And then like the 2010s, they were just like, let's just be stupid on purpose. Yeah, they had this brief period where like after Sharknado took off, that they were kind of like, like I said, like Lavalantula and kind of a lot of the shit like that. Where like it's like I I have not watched any of the Sharknado movies yet because I just kind of feel like I'm just. I'm not going to enjoy them, but uh, yeah, they're like purposely dumb. Yeah, yeah, like they had this period of doing that kind of shit, and then they're kind of like they seem like they're slowly getting back to like serious but still fun movies, like the Slumber Party Massacre remake they did last year, maybe this year. I think it was last year. It was. I think it was last year. Is totally fun, but also like a like you know that's like it's it's a it's a real movie. It's not like a goofy thing and that was a was that a sci-fi original yeah i'm 
almost positive that went straight to sci-fi. Okay. Yeah. Whether, I, whether it was made specifically for sci-fi or not, like it was, you know, straight to sci-fi channel at least. I, I still haven't seen it. I think it was it was supposed to be PG thirteen, right? So I don't remember. It's it's um I won't spoil it because there's like there's like they, they do a pretty good twist on like the uh formula for those movies in it that I found really fun. Like, I don't know. I was, I watched it just kind of being like, I don't know. It's free. I'll watch it. Having no expectation that it was going to be good and was like pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. And okay. like they, they, they've been doing kind of more getting back to kind of like that early. I would say maybe like a mix of that early sci-fi. Like we're, we're seriously trying to make movies and with a little bit of like the humor of that Sharknado period. And I'm kind of here for it. And then, like, I don't know. Like, they've been doing some pretty fun shit with horror stuff. Like, that Chucky series was really good. I loved it. Yeah, it's so good. And I even, like, I enjoyed their Day of the Dead series. It wasn't, like, super great, but, like, totally watchable. So Was it good, uh, the Day of the Dead series? (laughs) I wanted to see that. Yeah, so we we did episode breakdowns of it on I Have You Suffer solely because the first four episodes were directed by Stephen Kostansky. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And so like, we're, we're big fans of Kostansky and we were like, okay, well, we'll, we'll give this a shot. And like, I'm, I'm like a Romero purist, like that, that his dead, like, especially the, the first trilogy or whatever, like, you know, after land of the dead, it becomes not great, but night, dawn and day are all like, like dawn of the day to this, to this day, it's still my favorite movie ever made. Dawn? So I'm like, yeah. So I'm a, I'm like, I'm big on Romero. And when it first got announced, I was like, I this this doesn't seem necessary. Why are they doing this? And then like they announced that like Stephen Kostansky was doing the first four, which meant like his like kind of stamp was going to be a big part of that series. Because like if you direct the pilot, usually you kind of have a say on how a show is going to feel and like look and all that kind of shit. And so a lot of the, all the zombie effects, cause Steven Kostansky is a, like a big special effects person. Like he's, that's how he got his start was through special effects. Yeah. So all of the zombie effects are fucking incredible in that show. But, and a I, lot of I, practical effects. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, there's like some CGI in there for like gunshots and shit or whatever. But like, all of the zombie effects are like, I would say kind of on par with like the zombie effects in like walking dead on how like kind of gross and like decayed everything looks. And it's really good. It's just story-wise it's kind of like meh, but it's also, it's a zombie thing and you're following a bunch of people, you know, are going to get eaten at some point. So it's like their characters are kind of whatever. Is there any like call callbacks to like Romero zombie movies in it? Yeah, they they kind of tease a thing where like they 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 start teasing at the uh the end of the series like a bub character from Day of the Dead. Okay. But like I don't think it's getting picked up, so that's kind of going nowhere. Like I don't think it got picked up for a second season. Oh, like, really? They, they do tease out like some things from like the movies. Um but, like, the thing I appreciated with it is, like, instead of doing a straight-up adaptation of Day of the Dead, they kind of took 
the title and we're like, okay, the whole series is going to be literally one day of these people's lives dealing with the zombie outbreak. So the entire 10 episodes takes place over a 24 hour period. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. So it's, it's pretty good. Like it's, I'm not saying it's great. I know a lot of people hated it, but I found it like totally watchable as just, you know, just a one season, just yeah, yeah just like, a, like if you like zombie shit, like if there's there's shit in there, I think people would enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Walking Dead fan, but I fell off just because you know it was just getting to be too much. Yeah, Tried getting I... into Fear the Walking Dead, but you know, I I don't have time to be watching all these shows. Like I know that Better Call Saul just ended. That was another one I couldn't keep up with. You know. Yeah, same. I, st- I fell off Walking Dead after Negan showed up, and like, I don't know, it just became one of those things where I was like, I don't really give a shit about watching this weekly anymore. Maybe I'll jump on after like a whole season comes out, and then I just like never went back never to did. it. Never that's, did. That's what I did, too. <laughs> well, it's, it's also one of those things that like weekly, you kind of keep your interest up, and then like the minute you're not watching it weekly, you like forget about it, and then you're like, I don't really feel like getting back into this. Yeah, I, I just think it lost its momentum. Yeah. Any other things that stuck out to you in this movie? Um, good or bad, or yeah, I, I like I said like earlier, the Ving Rhames thing, where like he's afraid to get back in. I love that. That was so good. Is fun, and then like he puts on these like titanium legs or some shit, and he's like, "Yeah, you motherfuckers aren't getting me now." And then, oh, yeah. like, one of the legs is, like, a fucking gun, too. And Paul Shear's like, when the hell did you get that? <laughs> uh, that was a great joke when he, he was like, "How? Where did? when did you have the time to get that? Or whatever. He's like, with all the money I saved on socks. <laughs> That's so good. That, that legitimately was very funny because, like, I liked their whole back and forth of him, like, He's like trying to conquer his fear, and Paul. He's like tells Paul, he's like, whatever I do, he's like, don't listen to me. If I start telling you no, just push me in. And they do that whole back and forth where obviously, like the misunderstanding. Like he starts, he starts like crying, and he's like, I can't do it. Don't let me in. And Paul's like, stop. He's like, I told you not to listen. No matter what, (laughs) that that's like a curb your enthusiasm type of joke. So that that's fun. Like I like that. Like I guess kind of like like overall, like I said, like kind of at the beginning, like. It's fun. It's not good. I can't say this is a good movie, but it's a totally fun if you're looking for something like not that you don't have to get like real involved in watching. Like if it's one of those movies that like if you have other that you put on like the background or something yeah. and like especially once you get to the last like 30 minutes is when you kind of really want to start watching. But like everything leading up to it except for the sex scene is kind of missable. The sex scene rules. Yeah, that, like, that was great <laughs> but yeah that's totally it's it's fun i'd say give it a watch if you haven't seen it and you're at all interested in like a really stupid mostly comedy horror movie yeah it's definitely a lot more accessible than piranha 3d i can't find piranha 3d to watch anywhere yeah but- i was going to try to rewatch it because like i said i hadn't seen it since it originally came out and i was like oh i'll give that a watch before so i could kind of like refresh my memory but i was like i'm not renting this shit so i almost forgot to mention this do you remember the end of piranha 3d when i think it was adam scott he calls up no oh i'm christopher lloyd calls adam scott 
and he said that the piranhas are just the babies, and then huge piranha jumps off the boat and grabs Adam Scott, and the movie ends. Yeah, that does sound familiar. Nothing ever came of that in this one. Yeah, that that I feel like is pretty common with this kind of stuff. What was? Oh, there was only like a two year difference between these coming out. That's kind of surprising. I would have liked one giant ass piranha to show up in this. Yeah, dur- during the bloopers though, and <laughs> the credits when uh, she was having that dream that she was in the bathtub, and the oh, piranhas yeah. were coming at. In in uh the the bloopers, it shows this huge piranha puppet though. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool to see in the movie. The bloopers were pretty fun too. Like as I like the idea of them throwing that. Whereas like periodically, it would be like a couple of credits, then some bloopers, and a couple of credits, then some bloopers. All the stuff of uh Hasselhoff bloopers, like singing in the hotel room, is pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, have you ever seen Eastbound and Down? I haven't. That's one of those ones that I've always, I'm always like, I should start that, and then it just like for whatever reason never happens. Like, oh, uh, okay. I was just gonna say that that the the mom of the redhead kid that gets his head cut off by the piranha, she was like the busted like stripper looking woman that was like banging Kenny Powers in season one, and I just. Just noticed like a week ago that that they were that was her. I can see that. She's she's always playing like that kind of role. She was the stripper in Rob Zombie's Halloween too. And have you seen that one? Yeah, that's also one of those ones. I I, I remember like the, the scene at like a strip club, but I haven't seen that. Since yeah, came yeah. Out. Michael Myers like bashes her head into a mirror like fifty times. Yeah, because isn't that like that's um. Like when, because doesn't he like stomp someone's head into the ground? Yeah, yeah, he stomped on like one of like Rob Zombie's like regularly used actors in every movie. I forget his name. The guy, yeah. the guy that's gonna be in the the, the new Monsters movie. The oh, guy, that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Roebuck or whatever, maybe. Yeah, he gets a stop, uh, his head stomped in. Yeah, which isn't yeah. that much different than. In 2018, when Michael Myers stomps on that guy's head and his head explodes like a pumpkin. <laughs> yeah. Say something. I had a good time talking to you about Piranha 3 Double D. For yeah, sure. Yeah, was fun. Yeah. I figured that this would be right up your alley. Now... Now I gotta watch some of the movies that you uh, you you guys talk about. Like, have you ever talked about like Piranaconda or Mega Piranha or any of those kinds of movies? No, like like some of those just like they always feel like we're gonna like just be like I don't like. It's kind of the same idea as like Troll Two, where um. Like we we specifically like to cover the ones where like you could tell like someone like they were trying to make something serious. Except for like, well, like we also there's a lot of the times we'll cover movies like where the title catches us that ends yeah. up being something like so like early on we did a movie called Nudist Colony of the Dead <laughs> where I was like I don't know what this is this title's amazing obviously uh, it's probably gonna be bad 
Um, but it ended up being kind of like this, where it's mostly like a comedy and not a horror movie. Yeah, so we okay. get kind of duped sometimes, but we usually try to avoid the like specifically bad on purpose stuff when we can. I, I saw a movie recently for the first time a couple of weeks ago. It was on Shudder. It was called... Well, I saw two movies. My friend let me borrow Hard Rock Zombies. Uh, was it that in Slaughter, Slaughterhouse Rock? No, it was called Hard Rock Zombies. Oh, no. So uh, when you said, because Vinegar Syndrome just put out Hard Rock Zombies with Slaughterhouse Rock as like the other movie with it. Uh, That's oh, why I really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I've always <laughs> seen Hard Rock Zombies. Hard Rock and, Zombies is fun. Yeah, and that, that was fun. Like, it was so low budget. Everyone looked like they were in like a, they all looked like <laughs> Juggalos or like members of Kiss or something. We, like, I think the way we kind of approach it is like, stuff like that, especially in like the 80s, like, like Hard Rock Zombies is obviously, it's already goofy alone because of the premise of it. But like, when you look at that and it's like, you can tell that wasn't, as, as much as it's already goofy, it's not, purposefully bad like they were blatantly trying to make a real movie with a goofy premise and so we we kind of enjoy that stuff a lot more than say like a lava lantula type of movie where somebody specifically was trying to make a dumb movie to garner that like sharknado attention yeah like we find those to be a little less fun to talk about than you know, like, uh, we we did this movie called The Lock-In that was, it's a, a Christian found footage horror movie about these kids find a playboy that unleashes a demon to attack them. That and it sounds awesome. It's so fucking bad because it's a purposefully, it's supposed to be serious into scaring teens away from, like, "Quote unquote porn," which their definition of was Playboy, <laughs> and it's like a bunch of kids that have no acting experience that were just part of, I'm guessing, like a church group. So it's like unbearable to watch these kids pretend to act, and it's so it was a real Christian propaganda horror movie. Yeah, it's like this guy was trying to make a real movie, like that was getting kids to be afraid of porn. And it crosses over, like, it's so bad that it becomes funny. And that's the kind of shit that we, like, enjoy more on doing on there than, like, you know, something along the lines of this where you're like, okay, this was specifically supposed to be, like, goofy, funny, and not, like, purpose. You know, that like, they're obviously, Piranha 3D is obvious, or 3DD is a real movie. They were making a real movie, but, like, they knew what they were making as opposed to, like, falling backwards into being bad or whatever yeah yeah they were still trying to have horror mixed with comedy but then there's like sharknado or like santa jaws and shit like they're santa just like, jaws i fucking back to death i love that movie <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's that thing where they're like let's just make a movie let's make it stupid on purpose and yeah kinda, yeah I, I like it more when a movie is stupid, but they were trying to make it serious. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's 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 kind of a a fine line to walk on. 
on there. And it's like, like I said, like we, a lot of the stuff we'll pick, especially like the one when I have a pick, it's usually just like, I don't know, I stumbled across this title and the poster art is ridiculous. So we'll see what this is all about. Like Kit will usually pick something he's seen before or is like familiar with that he knows is going to be like shitty. And Katie's picks are always fucking baffling to me because she just finds some weird shit on Tubi that ends up being bad because it's fucking boring more than anything else. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like Katie's a big fan of like ghost stuff. So we end up getting a lot of like really shitty and boring kind of, uh, I guess like, I don't want to say paranormal activity ripoffs, but kind of along the same vein of that or like haunted asylum movies where I'm like this, this more than anything was bad because it's boring and can't hold my attention. Yeah. I was going to guess like most of those ghost movies are like movies that are like the, with the title is like a play on paranormal activity. Like it's called like paranormal haunt, a paranormal haunting or paranormal disturbance. It's, like the she ends up picking a lot of ones that end up being like here a ghost hunting crew like goes into you know this fucking haunted building and then like bad shit happens to them or something and uh kind of like that but uh the one she's picked that we got coming up next is uh Titanic 666 which is a the original that I imagine is going to be pretty fucking terrible oh i'm sure yeah. Is that going to be on Tubi? Yeah, it's it's actually a Tubi original. So Tubi started releasing their own original content. Yeah, Tubi's like the new sci-fi. Yeah, except all of theirs is, I think, all their horror movie original content is produced by Asylum Films, who okay. are uh, the, well, the production company that if you see a movie, like when Dune came out, all of a sudden this shitty-looking movie called Planet Dune came out. <laughs> And they do, they do a lot of that shit. Like they have, they have like Fast and Furious ripoffs. They have movies called Transmorphers when Trans Transformers came out. Like they do a lot of shit like that. And they've been producing original shit for Tubi. Uh, like they had one that just came out called Shark Side of the Moon. That I've heard about, of that. It's uh, I watched it this week, and it's not good, but totally watchable. And like a a movie about fucking massive shark people getting shot to the moon what about trump versus the illuminati have you seen that one i did watch that that actually when i mentioned that bigfoot versus megalodon movie earlier yeah that in that series of movies is the the trump one and it's fucking brutal yeah i I watched the trailer for it it was like all like cg like everything was cgi right yeah the entire thing's like that like 3d cgi animation with just like like toy Story. Like, you never see anybody's mouths moving because then they could just throw, like, dialogue. Like, the entire time Trump has a space helmet on, so you never see his face. It's just someone doing a shitty Trump impression. <laughs> it's it's so bad. Like, I can't, it's, I can't say it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen because the animation is legitimately pretty good. Like, they recycle a lot of stuff, but, like, it looks good. But, like, it's so fucking bad. Yeah, I was tempted to press play on it, but it's it's one of those ones where like I only watched it because I watched Bigfoot versus the Illuminati, and then I realized there was like five other movies attached to it, and like 
or uh, Bigfoot versus Megalodon. And it made no sense to me that I was like, okay, I'm going to see what the rest of these are. Maybe the story will tie together. And it doesn't. None of them make sense. Yeah, that's that's great. I'll, I, I do like appreciate that kind of shit. I just got to be in like the right mindset to watch yes, them. Yeah. Totally. I can't even imagine what the filmmakers are going through. Like, they gotta be it's, high or something. It's real weird because I feel like the guy that made those ones, especially, like, might be like a Trump fan. Like, I can't gauge what his deal is because the other movies he made were these, like, he made a bunch of documentaries during, like, the Trump presidency that. I, I'm not going to watch, but they feel sort of like positive pro Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and like a lot of the stuff in the movie is like the Illuminati in those movies are like space aliens. And I was like, this feels very sort of like Jewish space alien conspiracy. Oh, shit. God. Like yeah. Kind of not great. And let me guess Trump is uh, the hero in the movie, right? That's the thing is like, he is, but he's like a bumbling idiot as well. So like, that was the thing that when I started looking into him as I was watching him, I was like, I can't tell if this guy like likes Trump or doesn't. It's very, it's a very weird. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are a few movies like that. You can't yeah. tell like what political message they're trying to put, put out there. Uh, yeah, like, that, those ones specifically were just real baffling to me. Cause I was like, I don't know why any of this got made, but also like, they look okay, but like they're just out of they're fucking terrible. I mean, I'm sure they get a lot of plays though, so they make good. I'm sure they make good money. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious what Tubi's like pay scale is for movies. Yeah, because it's all free, but they got those ads. So. Yeah, like I know it's like it's the same sort of idea that like Spotify or whatever, where you make something per stream. But I just I'm not sure how Tubi's works. Yeah. Yeah, because I always think Did about you, that when I'm like, there's certain movies I'm like, I really want to see this, but also like, I don't want to give this guy even like two cents because. <laughs> well, Tubi, Tubi is great though. It's, oh yeah, Tubi's the best streaming service out there. I think that that's where I watch almost any everything. Yeah, I I, I watch a lot of shit on there, and like, I don't know if you're not watching shit on Tubi, and you could deal with a couple commercials. You you should. You're missing out. Like. Yeah, there's a lot of like shitty movies on there, but they have a lot of fucking really actually good stuff on there. And if I don't know what I'm gonna watch, I'll put on Pluto. Yeah, I like Pluto too, simply for just letting shit play. I actually like I, I subscribe to Arrow's streaming service. Oh, okay. Um, and they have this really cool feature where like they'll have a like a uh, you could go to a decade. And it'll have a playlist of the movies they have from that decade, and it'll just play like a playlist. Oh, that's awesome. And it's pretty fun because it'll mix up shit where like if you go to like the 80s, you'll get like like an Argento Giallo, followed by like a weird Italian Western, followed by like a Japanese Yakuza film. Oh, it's, it's, it's all over it's, the place. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Like I, I really like that. And it's kind of like the same idea, like Pluto, you go to Pluto, just go to like whatever like their horror movie channel is and just let shit play. Doesn't Shout Factory have uh, their own streaming service too? I don't know, but I know there's like a thing on Tubi that you go to like Shout Factory has like a category on it. Oh, okay, I got you. 
All right, Nathan. Listen, man, it it was really cool having you on. I I appreciate you coming on for this episode. Yeah, totally. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, and for those that are listening, check out the I Hope You Suffer podcast. Do you got any other plugs you, you want to? No, just plug I, I Hope You Suffer. You can pretty much find any uh, anywhere you find podcasts. Like we have a Patreon. We do bonus episodes on that's just like patreon.com slash I Hope You Suffer podcast. So, like, if you're interested, we also have like some free episodes on there. Like, we've done a couple crossovers on patreon with a uh, girl that scary podcast okay um, and you know those are usually free so there's like some shit if you want to check that out too but yeah just you know you can find us pretty much anywhere we're on instagram only at i hope you suffer podcast we're not on like twitter or facebook or anything awesome i i got i got our account banned from twitter for telling ted cruz to fall on a volcano yeah <laughs> <laughs> The guy deserves it. Yeah, it was it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I should we should do this again sometime for sure. Yeah, totally. If uh, next time you want me on, just let me know. We'll figure something out. Awesome. All right, man. Okay. Well, have uh, hope you get through work. All right. <laughs> I was gonna say have fun. I don't know is the right thing. Yeah, I almost I said have it. fun, <laughs> and yeah, no one has fun at work. So, yeah. but yeah, thanks again for having me, dude. It was fun. All right, man.